How do you know you've made a disciple? You know you've made a disciple when your disciple makes a disciple. Everything about the way I live changes. Because no longer is my life about me. Be established in your faith. Be rooted. Be grounded so that you can grow into all that God has for you to be in Christ. Well, we're glad to have you here on our Cultivate Disciple Making as we're in phase four on your impact for Christ, specifically looking at session four, which is titled The Great Commission and the Great Omission. And Kevin, as you and I were talking before we uh, we hit record here, this may be the most important uh, session in the entire book as we just really focus in on the Great Commission and then the gospel of Jesus Christ and what that means. Hudson Taylor, love this quote. He says, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered, but a command to be obeyed. So why don't we just start? Sometimes I think we all think if you've been in church any time, we know all about the Great Commission, but let's just look at it, read it. Matthew chapter 28, verses 17 through 20, this is the resurrected Christ. When they saw him, they worshiped, but some doubted. By the way, that still just strikes me. I mean, he's risen from the dead. And some are still doubting. Yeah, but you know, stop just to stop there for a moment and talk about that. So, I don't. This is just my opinion, mm-hmm. my interpretation. I don't think that they were doubting the resurrection. Right. I think the doubts that they had had everything to do with the what next. These guys were scared. Yeah, that's good. I mean, they they were they were living in a very dangerous time where there were people at this moment when that was given, there were people literally after them. Mm-hmm. And the and they knew. I mean, they they had an idea. Well, let me say that. They had an idea of what was about to happen, mm-hmm. right? That that Jesus would ascend because he had told them that he would ascend to the Father, but he would send the Holy Spirit. And they knew that this they were entering into a time of transition, a new transition where they were going to be here doing what he had called them to do, I think some of the doubts may not have been related to doubting Jesus, but doubting themselves related to, can we really fulfill this commission? Hmm. That's just, that's just one interpretation. There you go. I like it. That's my thought. Yeah. So, so what is that commission? Jesus came near them and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Well, let's just kind of dive in and, and, and go really deep here, uh, as deep as we can over the next few few moments into this great commission that, that Jesus has given to not only his followers then, but to us today, because this is ongoing uh, today. All authority has been given to me. I, I think we just have to stop right there yeah. and, and remind ourselves that all authority is his. That's an important part. You know, I, I know that when when we go places throughout the world, there are people in our world uh, unbelievers who feel like we don't have a right to go into other nations and to try to change their way of life or their religion, so to speak. Well, one, we're not trying to change religion. We're, we're trying to start relationships 
which is a huge difference. But, you know, I've been to places where, you know, Hinduism is the most, you know, is the is the majority religion. It's the way of life. I've been we're Buddhist is the is the way of life and it's the major religion. And there would be people that say to go over there and 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 preach the gospel and to proclaim Christianity to these people is is wrong. It's like the colonization, you know, things. And and here's what I always go back to. It's not wrong because all authority is His. It all belongs to Him. It all belongs to Him. So whether or not people are worshiping Him, you know, at this point in life, He ultimately, go all the way back to the very first session in phase one, every single human being is created by Him and created in His image. For Him. For Him. And so all authority belongs to Him, which means that Jesus has the right. right. He has the authority... To, to break into your life at any point that he wants to do that. To do what he to wants do what to he do. Wants to do. Yeah. It's his. So let's talk about that authority. I, I so I, I make the I would make the argument that the three years that Jesus had with his disciples, he's constantly showing them the authority. He, he's exhibiting to them that the Father had given him authority, authority over demons, mm-hmm. authority over the wind and the waves. Mm-hmm. Authority to multiply bread and, and fish. Right. Uh, the authority to change water to wine. The authority to uh, heal the lame and the leper. And uh, and ultimately we, authority over death. Right, uh, right. Authority over the grave. So we're constantly seeing these instances where Jesus is exhibiting the authority that the Father's given to him again and again and again. And then Jesus ultimately says to these disciples, greater things will you do than I've done which must have just blown their mind, right, in that upper right. room discourse that we see in, in John's gospel. But then when you get to the Mount of Commission, and then I would make the argument it's the Mount of Commission because the entire narrative of the gospel is leading up to the to the top of that mountain. Right. I mean, everything, every step is ultimately leading to that mountaintop commissioning experience for that moment where Jesus says these words, go therefore. How in the world could these guys go without first knowing that the authority that Jesus had been exhibiting in front of them that had been given to them, to him by his Father, he was now giving to them? And right. that word authority in the Greek means a delegated authority. Yeah. So here it is. Guys, I know you don't think you can do this, but you can do this. Stop doubting. Stop being scared. I'm giving you my Authority. That's powerful. That is really powerful. And when we're hammering this right here, because if you don't believe that he has the authority and that he has now delegated you, then you will not make disciples. You will not go. You will not teach. You will not baptize. You'll keep listening to the lie of the devil saying you can't. Right. A- absolutely. So, so let's just. What has he called us to do, Kevin, uh, with the with the Great Commission and ultimately with the Gospel of Jesus Christ? So, there's, there's one imperative verb that's found in the Great Commission, and that's just simply to make disciples. Yeah. There's one imperative. There's three participles that go with that. So, the imperative is to go and make disciples, or to make disciples. That's imperative. Three participles: go, baptize, and teach. So, the go make disciples. That's the the, the thrust of the church. That's mm-hmm. where we're going out. That's ultimately the reason why we exist, because that brings glory to God, as we saw in John 15. Um, he's created us for that purpose. That is the commission. That's right. the commission of the church. 
that's the commission of the church institutionally, but that's that's the commission of the church individually. Absolutely, right. So it's not just something that we encompass corporately. corporately, Right. But it ultimately is lived out in the lives of the members who are part of that body. Yeah, it's why our purpose statement begins with, we exist to make disciples who make disciples. Right. So we are to go, therefore, and, and I... I make the argument here in this session that when Jesus says, go therefore, and I'm giving him authority, that he is essentially passing on to them what he has exhibited to them over the last three years, and what he's done, he's doing for us. Mm. It's the same thing. And we see the great commission, the authority passed on generation, generation, generation. Look, you're saved because someone was obedient in the great commission. Right. That's why you're saved. The gospel comes to us to go to someone else. I mean, ultimately, we're conduits, right? Right. We're conduits of that. And, and so that's why we have, to, we have to go, we have to make disciples, but we also, Randy, have to be gospel fluent. Well, if you don't have the gospel, what do you have? Because, you know, we can, we can do lots of other things, um, and this has been impactful to me in my life and a good reminder to me, you know, especially with the holidays coming up, you know, we want, we want to feed the poor. You know, and we should. But if we don't feed the poor as a church, there will be other groups that will come along and do those things. We ought to visit those in prison. Um, but if we as the church don't visit those in prison, there's probably another group that's going to do that. We ought to clothe the naked. But if there's if we don't do that as a church, there's other good people and other good groups that will do those things. Right. We ought to help the needy and, right. and help those who have been devastated by storms. And thankfully, we do. We the, should do that. But if we don't do that, yeah. there's going to be other groups that there's the Red Cross organizations you know, that can do There's going to be people that will do that. But Kevin, if we're not sharing the gospel as the church, as the body of Christ, as individual bodies of uh, uh, as the individual bodies of Christ, no one else is going to step in and do that. Yeah. That, that's that's right. us. That's that's, us. that's on us. Jesus said that's our that's job the commission. to go and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. And and you do a great job here of just making sure that people understand what the gospel is and that they don't just understand it a little bit, but they're fluent in it. Yeah. So what what when we say fluent, I mean obviously we're talking about the ability to share another language. Uh, w- with ease, right? And right. the language we're encouraging to share is the gospel. Right. Do So here's a good question for those who listen. Do you know the gospel? Can you articulate the tenets of the gospel? Well, I felt like it was important in this session, Randy, that we lay out what is widely accepted to be the gospel. The first, the first indication of some type of gospel creed that we find really anywhere is in 1 Corinthians 15. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, scholars generally agree that it was, Paul is really sharing there what was already the, uh, the gospel. Like it, this, was, this was the communication of the church, uh, that Christ died, was raised uh, for us. So there's four tenets of the gospel that we lay out here in the book, and, and the first simply is that God loves all people. That the gospel is the gospel simply because God loves. God chooses to love us. And so many times in our gospel presentations, we jump immediately to, you're a sinner, which I think is a mistake. Mm. We really need to first talk about the love of God, because until we really understand the love of God, we probably shouldn't even talk about the fact that we're in need of Him. (laughs) I mean, the, the fact that there is an atonement for our sins really tells us that 
we have a God who loves us. Yeah. Right. So so sometimes we 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 want to start with we start with bad news for all right. have sinned. Right. You know, or we want to start with good news. He sent his son. Mm-hmm. But maybe for that you're saying let's start with the encouraging, comforting news. Yeah. That ultimately God loves you. Yes. That's why in, in spite of you, He loves you. That's right. So God, God loves all people, but also all people are born sinners and in need of redemption. Uh, you know, you hardly ever have to talk someone into um, them recognizing that they're sinners, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we all kind of know that there's something deeply flawed about us. Yeah. We may not recognize how really intrinsically bad that is, um, but but it's 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 death. It, it in itself is death. But but the third tenet that Jesus did give his life so that anyone can be saved. That's, that is the gospel. And then finally, the all who trust in Jesus will spend eternity with God. And so that is the gospel. And what we're challenging you to be as disciple makers, be fluent in those. Know how to share your own story, your own testimony, and weave within your own testimony, your own gospel story, these tenets of the gospel. It's so critically important. You are a gospel bearer, and you must know the gospel, and you must become gospel fluent. So incredibly important. Yeah, and you know, if you just can can remember, and these are four simple points to remember, you know, and it, and it just boils it all down to just, he, he took our place, Jesus in our place, you know, because he loves us, because we were sinners, we couldn't save ourselves, because... Um, he gave his life so that I could be saved, and 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 because he took my place, you know, then he has clothed me with his righteousness and called me his. Exactly. And man, that, that's that, right. No wonder it's good news. It's that's, powerful. That's really good news. So look, before we close out this 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 uh, session, uh, I do want to just mention how important it is to also not only talk about the Great Commission but the Great Omission. Yeah. And, Explain that. And the Great Omission I see is verse number twenty. When Jesus doesn't just say go and do evangelism, he says to go also to teach. So many times we 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 reach, but we don't teach. And when we when we don't teach, we essentially leave the back door of the church open. And so disciple making is a holistic process. Mm-hmm. It involves the going, but listen, it also involves the teaching. And if we don't disciple new disciples, I'm telling you, we're setting themselves we're setting them up. For failure. And so we cannot allow verse 20 to be the great omission of the church. We have to teach people doctrine. We have to teach them how to feed themselves, uh, spiritually speaking, what inductive Bible study is. Keep in mind, when Jesus says, teach them to observe all things, what he's saying to them is, you have to teach them not only to know these things, but to guard them. To be people, ultimately, who are able to guard against bad doctrine, to, mm-hmm. to guard the, 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 the doctrine of the church that we've held for 2,000 years. We've got to create disciples who know how to guard the precious orthodoxy of the church. And so that's why in 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul challenges Timothy, and the things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these, listen, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That is, that is so critical that 
You disciple people for the purpose of them discipling someone else, not teaching them facts about the Bible, but helping them to understand the importance of observing and not only observing, guarding the doctrine of Scripture. Yeah, and when you when you look at uh, Cultivate Disciple Making, when you have the actual book in your hand, just turn over to the back cover. You'll be reminded of the Great Commission and the Great Omission. It says, make and teach. Make disciples and teach them. That's the name of our publisher, Make and Teach, because they get that as well, that, that we are to make disciples, but not stop there. The, the, the back half of that is to teach them um, what it really means to follow Jesus and to train others uh, in the faith as well.